Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium, 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. We won't have a lot of time for phone calls. Uh, more time in the second hour than the first hour, but um, this first segment is one of them, and then the uh, last segment, first and last segments, or first and third segments of the uh, 10 o'clock hour, if you would like to call in, that would be the best time to do so. I... um. It is Mother's Day weekend. I've done things like this similar in the past, but just kind of to, um, I don't know, it hit me this week, and especially yesterday. um, Kind of, you know, about my mom. My mom passed away. It'll be six years this August. And... um, Back on on, on May the 17th, 1974, um, my mom was sick the night before. She got up a little later than she normally would and got a knock on the door that my dad had been killed on his in the street on his way to work. Her life was changed forevermore until she died six almost six years ago. Many, 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 many dark days. And... Um, and yet, through all of her struggles, you know, I was the oldest. I have I have three younger brothers. At the time that that happened, I had two younger brothers. And, you know, I, wa- I was always a sports fan, but I really became a sports fan after that happened. And my way of escaping, I've, you know, those of you who know me kind of know this, but my way of escaping was sports. Um, and that's kind of what I did. And I was, I'm not, when I say I, I mean, you know how passionate I am about the Saints and the Astros right now. When I was seven and eight and nine and 10 years, 11 years old, the, the Saints and Astros weren't very good and lost a lot. And I didn't like it. And so, you know, she never discouraged my um, just passion for sports. In fact, she encouraged it. Um, she, my mom was the reason. I mean, by the grace of God, yes, certainly. And, and first and foremost, but my mom was the, the reason or the thing that God used to get me into working in the media. It was, there was, um, I was in high school. I was, as much as I love sports, I was little and not very athletic. And 
Uh, yeah, back then I was little. Um, my freshman year of high school, first day at my freshman year of high school, I was 4'11 and weighed 98 pounds. That, that's how little I was. <laughs> so I used to be little. Um, now I'm huge. But anyway, it is, um, I was a debater. And my mom was judging a speech tournament at UL, and she heard someone talking about someone that there was an opening where they worked as a part-timer in the sports department of the advertising. So that was kind of the the bridge or the first opportunity that got me, and she pursued it because she knew I um, love sports. And, and so that's what got me into working at the paper. Um, I started in April of 1983. I was a junior in high school and then worked at the advertiser for all of the years and then went to the Kadiana Advocate and then some crazy fool named Chuck Wood and Jimmy Cole called me um, in October of 1993 and I've been doing radio since then, November 1, 93. And so, but I'm saying it is so much of all of that goes back to my mom. So I'm getting emotional because I am an emotional guy. But Thanks, Mom. All right. Speaking of that, um, speaking of that, this is Mother's Day weekend, not, um, not, Thanksgiving weekend, but along that same line, as an Astro and, and, and Saints fan, it also hit me this weekend how fortunate those of us are. Now, a lot of you out there are not Astro fans or, or Saints fans, and I get that. I mean, we can laugh and joke and You know, we have fun with sports. It's sports. Um, it uh, It's not, it's serious for someone like me. It's like really serious. I take sports, I take my teams really seriously. And many of you take your teams really seriously. But we also should know in the end it's just sports it's not as serious as life and death um even though we kind of treat it such that way and so as i just talked about most of my life well i don't know about most but a lot of my life the saints and the astros were not like elite franchises it's getting to be more more a higher percentage in my life than than it used to be, no question. And I think it's more than most people give it credit for. But when you look at look at where the the Astros are right now. Like, man, last night, look, it was not a it was I had an uneasy feeling that entire game. I really did. I just I don't I, I don't like playing teams that are playing really poor. Like, the Tigers are not hitting at all. A lot of that has to do with the, the spring training getting delayed, and a lot of it has to do with it being too cold um, north of the Mason-Dixon line, colder than even normal, and really into May, and it's still cold. So they're, they're, hit, they're going to start hitting, you know, 
the Tiger people players and the White Sox players and many of the other players who have just been struggling. And and I just hope it's not it doesn't start this weekend. So and Robbie Grossman, I, I hate facing him. I don't I don't know why I just he used to play for the Astros. I just do not like facing uh Robbie Grossman. But the um And so I had the whole game last night really just had a bad feeling. And then in the ninth, it, I'm like, well, maybe, 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 maybe they're going to be okay. Maybe they will. And gets the two outs, two strikes in the bottom, in the top of the ninth, and he gives up a two, game-tying two-run homer. To Candelario, and I'm like, I just, I just knew it. I just, I just had this awful feeling, and yet, boom! Bottom of the ninth, a really good closer having a off to a good start comes in, and um, boom, boom, boom! They win the game. Three batters, RBI single, Astros win. So it's just nice, really nice to to, and not only that, you know, that's just one game. But they um, look just look at how the organizations run for the last couple of years. People, all oh, the Astros are good, and it just it doesn't look like they're going downhill. You know, they lose George Springer and they go to the World Series. You know, they lose Carlos Correa and they got Jeremy Pena up, and and you know he's not hitting four fifty or anything. But man, almost every one of his hits are big, and he's shown the ability to play defense. And they, you know, they bring Verlander back, and they're like Verlander, that guy's old, and he's just dominating. And they and they got and and they trade for Graveman, and they get this cat Montero. Now he's been a little iffy lately, but it looks like it's gonna. The bottom line is, it's a very well run organization. With a great clubhouse. Um, then the Saints. Again, the last year as a Saints fan has been brutal for me. But it's not so much. I can handle the bad breaks, even though I didn't handle them all that well. In the big picture of things, I can handle. It's It's all of the the negativity that I've been fighting. And now people are, like I heard this morning on some little, um, forget what it was, social media of some sort. But anyway, it was like, man, people are starting to say the Saints have this great walks where I've been telling you that since last March. That this is shaping up to be the best roster the Saints have ever had. Now, again, they were injured and all of that. We don't want to go over all that again. The bottom line is the Saints are a very well-run organization that has been in really good. Have they had some bad breaks? Yes. Should they have been to more Super Bowls? Yeah. But, again, it's still a – I just – again, I know this isn't Thanksgiving, but, like, it's Mother's Day weekend, and we address that. But it's like for those of us who are Saints fans and Astro fans – Man, it, it it it's really been a nice ride for the last, you know. I mean, you know, ten years ago the Astros were finishing up or or right in the middle of a little stretch there where they weren't winning, and but they've been really good since then. And um, the Saints have been, with the exception of two really bad years, which they addressed um, in fourteen and fifteen. They've been. Um, 
really good and and giving you hope and doing the right things and the organizations run well the clubhouses and the locker rooms are 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 among the best in the NFL and Major League Baseball and I just man I it's just nice I'm just telling you you watch some of these other clown show outfits around the league and and not everybody's as stable as the Saints and the Astros right now so uh certainly I'm thankful now that doesn't mean I don't get mad when they swing in an old you know walk someone after an 0-2 count or swing at a 3-0 pitch in the dirt or something stupid that has you know that's just part of being a fan and and, and following your team but man in the big picture wow very nice all right we're gonna take a time out when we come back we're gonna talk to another man who certainly gets the big picture lsu eunice head baseball coach athletic director jeff willis we're gonna catch up they're kind of in the middle of the end of their season and the postseason that's going to be coming up for them so we'll get cut, caught up with the defending national NJCA Division II National Champion, LSU Eunice Bengals and Coach Jeff Willis next on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah. He may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we get to Coach Willis, I want to tell you about the Cajun Heartland State Fair. If you would like to win a family pack of four tickets, uh, no, yes, a family pack of four ticket rides to the Cajun Heartland State Fair, this is what you need to do. Text CHSF, Cajun Heartland State Fair, CHSF to 68683. Text CHSF to 68683, and you might win a family pack of four ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome, May the 26th through June the 5th. All right, we have with us LSU Eunice Head baseball coach and athletic director Jeff Willis. How are you, sir? I'm good, Kevin. How about you guys? We're we're doing very well, and it is uh, Mother's Day weekend. I kind of bid a little tribute to my mom, and uh, I think there's probably a lot of people going to be doing that this weekend. Uh, well, I, we all know we're nowhere without our moms, and um, hats off to my mother. Hats off to um, your mother. All the mothers out there that make us who we are today. All righty, so I, are you getting a, is it is it you getting a little breath here kind of in between, you know, about to start the postseason, regular season over? Um, is this a tricky time to stay focused here, or is it an easy time to stay focused for y'all? Well, I, I think yeah, anytime you have a little bit of downtime, it can go one of two ways. Uh, it can be really good and refreshing for your club um, if you're kind of sputtering in a sense um, from an injury standpoint. And uh, – but if you're clicking on 
all cylinders, you don't want to stop that momentum. And, you know, I, I think both – I can look at it both ways. You know, we won nine out of, out of our last 11 games. And, you know, if you pull the statistics, you know, the batting average, the fielding percentage, the ERA, um, the whip, and uh, the, the uh, all those different – all those different statistics, we're playing really good baseball right now. But we're also banged up right now. And so – I think we're going to benefit from a little bit of downtime for over the next week or so. We'll get in some inner squads. We also got finals um, mixed in with those kids. And anytime you're at that that road of where the finals are going on, uh, a lot of that our focus should be in the classroom, and that's tough for athletics to kind of look at it from time to time. Um, but again, our kids' focus has got to go in the classroom right now. Make sure we finish up by the semester really, really good because at the end of the day. Um, that diploma is the most important thing. And so it allows our kids to focus right now on that, get a little healthy, take a couple of days off, um, you know, and, and kind of get ready for the stretch run. And it's always an exciting time of the year. I mean, the, the hay's already in the barn. You've already put all this work, time, and effort in, and, and uh, you kind of get down to this time period, and there's no raw, raw speeches. There's nothing. And um, if your club's got to be motivating the playoffs, you're not going to be very good at all. Most of the time, that's all should be self-motivating because that's why you play the game and what you're striving for. You know, you never re- – baseball especially, you know, you play so many games, there's no way of knowing exactly what's going to happen during the season. But has anything surprised you for the good or the bad or a little more struggles one area or another? Or how was how it kind of going based off what you were kind of thinking to see how the season might go at the beginning? Well, I don't think anybody can predict – Kevin, you know me well enough to know I'm not an excuse maker. Or, or I'm big on not transferring the blame. Um, but I, I'll tell you, some of, one of the things that have been um, tremendous this year is, is we, we, have, we have four players right now that are playing that have uh, surgeries that are scheduled for when the season ends. Um, and when you watch kids that are playing through that, um, it, it's just it's motivational, uh, especially in today's day and world, you know, you know, with what what's going on and everything of walk of life. And I think it's real easy for people to quit now um, instead of fight through adversity. And I'm watching these kids just fight through tremendous adversity. Um, and it's been inspirational for myself. And, you know, I think it took us a little bit of time this year to kind of figure out our bullpen. Um, I think we led nine of our uh, – we're 38-15, tremendous season. Um, the club's ranked high, all that. But nine of those losses this year, we've held the lead in the eighth inning. Um, and so it took us a little bit of time to figure out that bullpen. We've got that thing solidified. Um, we figured out, you know, defensively what needs to happen um, with our pitching staff. We're going to sacrifice a little bit of offense um, with some guys to make sure that we play sound defense um, and it's shut down. Because in the playoffs, all the games are close. It's always close. It comes down to who's going to execute. Um, and so those are the things kind of took us a little while to figure out the bullpen. Um, but if you look at the stretch run that we've had, and those kids are performing at a very, very high level, and it's going to be exciting to see what they're going to do in the playoffs. Has it been tricky to know when to give a day off? Because sometimes you hear the term like you got to save a player from himself, and guys are, it sounds like you got guys who are really going all out, and yet that doesn't mean they need to play every day either. So, how tricky has that been for you as, as the coach? Well, I think any coach out there, you know, because you, you, you want to make sure your players are confident. 
Um, and there's this fine line between arrogance and confidence, and you want your players to flirt with that line. We can't become arrogant and over the top because we lack humility, like you know that. Um, but we want to flirt with that line, and if you get going in a confidence standpoint, you know, that one day off could possibly turn the tide on that individual. So you're also dealing with, you know, the injury part of it to get some rest on those guys that are really, really banged up, but also trying to keep that confidence and that snowball continue to roll. So it, there's a fine line. You've got to step back from time to time. You've got to have the honest conversations of, hey, this is why today you may not be playing. Um, has nothing to do with your performance. has everything to do. We, we've got to make sure our legs are underneath us um, for that stretch run and making sure we're healthy when we're going into the playoffs. And that's why this time right now is such a benefit beneficial for us this year just because of, of the injuries but also um, getting those guys confident in some some practice settings that may not be where they are need to be confidence level wise getting them moving in the right direction and um, hitting the stretch run I know last year we didn't know who was going to start game two three and four and five in a regional tournament and we figured this out you know this coming week we did that last year we're about to do that again and so we may have some guys that haven't started many games that are going to get thrown right there in the fire just because of the momentum and the matchups they're going to bring to the competition and, and the opponents that we're going to face. Like the like next week, do you typically play a lot of really, yeah, maybe more aggressive or longer inter-squad games? Or how, how do you deal with preparation after a break and dealing with exams and all? Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll split the guys into two different teams. We'll put the uniforms on. We'll, we'll, we'll have umpires out there. We want to make it as game-like as possible. Um, we'll, we'll even tell the guys that we'll, we'll let you go a little bit and, and kind of run in your mouth to the opposing team out of the dugout um, just to kind of create an atmosphere um, that's highly, highly competitive. Um, that's a little different for our players because we, we're big on not saying anything to our opponents. Um, playing against the game, but we also know we're going to play some opponents that are <laughs> that don't have the same mindset as what we have, and uh, you know, so that'll keep it lively um, with that in the competition setting. Um, and then we'll have some type of penalty or, or, or that'll be on the line for the teams that lose, and uh, that 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 seems to kind of get them going in that. And you just want to create the most competitive environment that you can in a controlled environment um, where if you've got to roll an inning, we can roll an inning. Um, we can do some things to kind of make sure that we're going to be healthy. We see a guy that, that may be struggling on the mound and maybe a little bit of tender. You know, we, we can pull an inning off of that guy um, in that setting. All right. So how um, well do you know kind of what you're about to face competition-wise? Is it kind of the same teams that are going to be the major contenders once you get to the Region 23 tournament, or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, there's, every year that tournament, it's a 16 tournament, and I always say this, you know, it, it comes down to who's hot. I always feel whoever comes out of that tournament will have a chance to win the whole thing. Um, you got to play well at the right time. You got to get timely hits. Um, everything, all the cliche answers. You, you've got to be able to do, ball's got to bounce your way. You've got to have some luck. And um, there's going to be six quality teams. You know, there's, there's two teams that are in it right now. It's us and Pearl River Community College. Um, and then everybody after today will be solidified into that tournament um, as they're playing some three-game series right now to kind of get into it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of teams, you know, one team in particular that could, could get in that's got probably the best pitcher in the whole thing, um, possibly the best pitcher in the country at the junior college level at Northeast Mississippi and kid that's been 97 to 99 and three-pitch mix and 
He's got the ability to win the game by himself. So I don't think anybody wants to match up with that guy first round. Um, but then again, I mean, I've seen us roll into that tournament. We had to face Cody Reed, the, the kid that's in the big leagues with the Reds. Um, and everybody thought the same thing. And we, we ended that game in five innings when we faced that guy that year. So um, it's just it's, it's a motivating time. Everybody's going to be playing well. It's key for us not to make it bigger than what it is. Um, it's another game. And I think that the coaches and the teams that want to play raw-raw and build up the playoffs like it's more important – are the teams that are going to have a real tough time handling, handling the pressure and the ups and downs of those games, whereas we'll treat it like any other game. I tell our players all the time, I'll, I'll be cool, calm, and collected. I'm, I'm not going to be fiery. I'm not going to be any of that. Um, I will be very, very calm throughout that, and I need you to be calm through it because emotions run high, energy runs high, and we got to kind of suppress some of that to be able to play the game of baseball, which is a, a mental game. And, uh, I see teams all the time that, that it's yelling and rah-rah and all this, and they don't get where they want to get, and they have the talent to do it, but they don't do it. So am I hearing from what you said at the beginning, the key is, is like you said, it, 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 you know, I think uh, we were discussing LSU baseball and how they've struggled at times defensively. But one, to me, once you get this late, so often it becomes about timely hitting in your bullpen, and it sounds like – you know, your bullpen got figured out. Is, is that kind of what it tends to, to come down to in, in your experiences in the Region 3 when you get to the World Series, or, or what do you, how do you look at that? No, it, it is. And, and uh, it's tough to figure out a bullpen early in the season, and you want to give guys opportunities because you never know when a guy's going to come from nowhere. And, and I've, we've seen that this year. I mean, a kid that didn't pitch at all last year in our playoffs is now our closer. And he, he wasn't our closer until about three weeks ago. Um, and now he's kind of stepped up his game and been been the shutdown guy at the end of the games. Um, and that was something at the start of the season or even the midpoint, we didn't see that happening. And uh, we had some other guys that kind of faltered in that bullpen that we thought were going to be guys, and, um, and other guys took it over. But, again, it, it comes down to just executing, um, making sure that you can overcome the bad, bad call. You know, it, it's – it's good in Division One baseball when you got replay, but when you're at the junior college level and you don't have replay, there's going to be some bad calls that are going to occur. And how are you going to respond to that? Even as a coach, are you are you going to be able to be calm and say that we've got to be able to overcome the bad call, the bad bounce, um, and have the confidence in ourselves to be able to beat not only the other team in the other dugout, but the officials that are on the field? And uh, we just, we've got to you know keep our cool, play like we're capable of playing, um, and understand that. We've been in these situations, and we don't make it bigger than what it is. And uh, when you're talking like that the whole year and telling them that last game you play this year is not any more important than the first game you play. You're playing a game. Let's treat it like a game. Um, motions, again, like I said, will be high. Energy will be high. But, again, if we get out of our element and we are this roller coaster of emotions, fall apart on us um, in the game of baseball. All righty, sir. Well, we appreciate your time as always. Wanted to catch up with you, and good luck uh, preparing this week and uh, and uh, when you get to Mississippi next week. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. All right. Jeff Willis, LSU Eunice, head baseball coach. Always so impressive to get a chance to talk to him. Should have done it a little more this season, but we didn't. They won the national championship last year. They won many. They know how to do it, and you can tell that they know how to do it by listening to him speak. All right, we will 
take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears to UL baseball, the Cajuns entering the stretch drive. We'll talk to Craig Melanson next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we get to Craig, want to remind you about Astro Weekend Getaway on May the 21st. The Astros will be playing the Rangers. If you would like to win four tickets to that game, Minute Maid Ballpark Tour, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening, you need to go to the website, join the game clubhouse, and you might win the Astro Weekend Getaway powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, we have with us Mr. Our old friend Craig Malonso. How are you, sir? Well, I'm just glad I have Cajun baseball to keep me happy and not relying on Major League Baseball. So, oh man, I'm doing I, great. I am. Um, I am. I, I've been cringing all week. I, I I texted yesterday with an old friend of mine who who lives there, and I said it seems like the the Reds fans are paying the piper for the Bengals' success, and of course he's blaming it all on the moron who who opened his mouth at the beginning of the season and just. Uh, anyway, that is not not a good situation. All right, another team that is red uh, is, is the Cajuns, and things are going very well right now. So, you know, one of the things I talked about it with Coach Deggs when we did our conversation at the beginning of the week, that's a little tricky and almost a little discouraging if you think too much about it, which hopefully the players don't, but is, you know, you're playing a team like UTA, and even if you beat them 100 to nothing three times, you're probably going to lose ground in the RPI. But I guess at some point you just can't worry about that. Yeah, you really can't because, you know, that's only 50% of your RPI, though. So what we need is the teams that are, uh, are around us to continue to win and the teams that we have played. It's hard for me to, uh, to pull for Louisiana Tech. But we really need them to win to help boost our RPI and some of the other clubs. So I think I think you can only control what you can control, and you know it. It's kind of a weird season because you know they're kind of doing well, but you don't realize how well the team is doing. You know we haven't lost a series, uh, a conference series, since the first one. So I got to look for the positive in all of this right now. Absolutely. Um, it's been a while since they played a home game, it feels like. Do you kind of feel that way? Yeah, it seems like forever. But at the same time, we've got this series and four more games at home, and then the season's over with. It's I crazy. Mean, the, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's crazy. Crazy how we, how we wanted to start 
so much in the fall, and then it seems like when it does start, it it, it goes by so quick. All right, so you know, I I think you know I I I think it's fascinating. And we talk about it from the preseason, the first time we talked till now, seeing the different changes in the pitching rotation, which they've kind of got solidified now and the bullpen and the lineup. And, you know, since that game at LSU, he kind of started tweaking the lineup some, and it's hard to argue with his success level. Well, as a team, you've got now, I believe I counted six players batting over 300 in the month of April. Julian Brock batting 391, and I know he talked when you interviewed with him. He'd like to move him up, but at the same time, he's batting well where he is. You don't want to mess with it too much now. I like the fact that he dropped Kyle DeBarge down in the lineup to protect him. You got Heath Hood that batted 327 in the month of April, and you still have Robertson, Kimball, and Rockefort at 397, 386, and 377. It's unbelievable what this team has done in the month of April. And I know it's a new month, so hopefully that rolls on in. Absolutely. You know, the, the, we've heard the, the term before, hit the freshman wall. And it seems like offensively, not defensively, fortunately, but offensively, Kyle's done that a little bit, which I don't know that, you know, I think we should have expected. I don't know that it's a negative thing. The key thing here is that he kind of gets going again uh, once, you know, now that we're into May and, and I need some postseason play soon, uh, that that's going to be crucial that he can still contribute offensively from here on out. Yeah, you know, it's what it, it, he every freshman that's going to happen to because there's no tape on him. There's no, there's no, we don't have a scouting report on him and everything. So I think it's inevitable, inevitable to do that. But like you said, Last four games, 375. Last five games, 316. So he's kind of right at the ship a little bit. But it's going to be whether he can uh, keep that momentum going. So do you, you know, we, we've heard a lot of talk about how there's going to be two and three, and some people have even suggested four Sunbelt teams that potentially could get into NCA regionals, it's probably a little too early for this question. But do do you think there's any fools going that, or do or do or how important is basically what I'm asking? Is it that the Cajuns finish in the top two, or do you think there's there really is a little more leeway there? I think there's a little more leeway. I think I think the only way you get four teams in, though, is if. Uh, the teams that are at the top of the conference right now, Georgia, Southern, Texas State, uh, the Cajuns, and Coastal Carolina, all get to the semifinals. And uh, maybe even the two teams that are in three and four in that position get to the final game. I think there's a possibility. Um, it, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I think they have a very good chance of three, three teams getting in. And I don't think it's necessary for the Cajuns to get in the top three, if they don't get in the top three, I think it's it, it, they have to get into the, the championship game, in my opinion. I don't think they necessarily have to win it, but I think by getting into the championship game, I, I think that would, uh, as long as they don't get swept by uh, Texas State next weekend, and that's to me that's really looking ahead right now. We need to take care of a business this weekend. And uh, Okay, so 
if the Cajuns can, as we say, sweep who we think they have the ability to sweep and win two out of three, do you think that gets them in? Yes. I th- as, as long as they don't go two and out at the, uh, at the conference term, I think they need to win a game. So from here on out, one, the other thing that Coach Dex talked about when we spoke earlier this week was about how offense carries the way once it gets hot outside. It's getting hotter outside more uh, consistently, and we're into May. And are you confident? I mean, you know, obviously you still got to pitch some. I mean, you know, the the Dylan pitched well last in an outing over the weekend. That was good to see. So there's still some question marks about how the how games will be finished in the bullpen. But do you think this offense can carry it regardless of bullpen difficulties? Uh, I, I think uh, if they continue the way they hit in April, yes. Uh, if they revert back to uh, earlier in the season, probably not. But it's nice to see like guys like Austin Perrin pitching well again. Uh, Dylan Toy, like you had talked about. Uh, Jake Hammonds has the ability to do that. And, and we haven't really seen much of Bo Bonds the last couple of weeks. So uh, we, we're going to need the bullpen because, as you know, you, may, you can hit your, your way through the regular season, but in the conference, I mean, I mean, you pitch your way, but in the conference tournament and getting into a regional, especially a four team regional, You've got to be able to hit the ball because at that point you're going you're gonna you're gonna see somebody's fifth, sixth, tenth pitcher. You've got to be able to hit the ball. And uh, you know, I, I'm still constantly amazed at, at at the weekend rotation. And and obviously, if those guys all go seven and eight innings, you won't need as much bullpen. But if if the hitting continues like it typically does late in the season then it's going to be hard to get six and seven and eight innings out of all three of them, you know, when they get to Montgomery. Well, it's one of those things that I believe that as the season goes on, arms do get tired. I don't know that we want them throwing complete games from here on out. If we can get into the sixth, possibly the seventh inning, right around that 100 pitch mark, uh, I, I think we're fine. But I think we might have saw a little fatigue from uh, Jacob Schultz last weekend after throwing a complete game the week before. Uh, I don't know that. Jacob well, just said. When, when, I, when, I talked, when I interviewed Jacob earlier this week and I did a feature story, and by the way, he was great to talk to. I, uh, you know, I don't often pump up my stories and probably maybe not as much as I should, but that one, I, I, I really liked it because of how honest Jacob was. And one of the things that he said was he did feel a little fatigued the outing after the complete game. Yeah, and I talked to him on Wednesday. The seniors came to the Diamond Club and, and spoke, and I asked him. I kind of joked with him. I said, you know, what happened last weekend? And he said he just wasn't there. And, and, and like you said, he was tired. Jacob is an outstanding young man uh, uh, and just fun to talk with. And uh, I, I was it, it was nice to see him open up. I know his, his parents wanted me to tell you thank you for the article. 
Yeah, he he was. I you know I've interviewed him a couple times. Like you know he did real well against LSU and and Metairie a couple years ago. I interviewed him then. I interviewed him earlier this year, but I haven't really sat down and got to get to know him a little bit. And that was um no that was a lot of fun. He 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 was impressive and 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 had a nice attitude and told some great stories. So uh and no they're gonna need him. And you know he, he's going back and forth during the course of his career. Uh, closer starter, but they're going to need all of them. So, all right, a lot of pressure this weekend. Got to get the sweeps. And it's not like the season's over if you don't. You just feel like you're putting more pressure on the conference tournament, which you don't really want to do because you never know what's going to happen in a given weekend. So hang in there. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. Appreciate it, sir. Yes, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it as always. See you at the ballpark. All right, take care. Greg Melanson. No, I, I... I think the offense is going to be there, but like we talked with Coach Willis and like we were talking about LSU yesterday or, I mean, on Wednesday with Koki, the bullpen tends to be more important to me when you get into postseason than the starting pitching. And, and especially if the offense keeps coming and coming and coming, uh, not just for the Cajuns, but overall, then – it's hard to get seven and eight innings out of starters. It can happen, but it's harder. And so uh, the, the the bullpen is probably the biggest question mark right now for the Cajuns. And hopefully they just hit their way through these series to this series against UTA and Little Rock. And hopefully the bullpen can come through when they get to Montgomery. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour. Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Want to remind you the Brobridge Crawfish Festival is returning this weekend. Festival grounds and Brobridge General Mission tickets range from $5 to $10, or you can buy a three day pass for $15. The musical lineup includes Wayne Toots, Chubby Carrier, and the Bayou Swamp Band, Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco, Sweet Cecilia, and many more. All the great food, music, and times that you can ex- remember after a two-year hiatus at the Brobridge Crawfish Festival. For more information, visit bbcrawfest.com. bbcrawfest.com. All right. We're going to be, we spoke with uh, Brooks Batto and then Jeremy Tron. We got some pretty good favorable weather reports We'll see what our old friend Lonnie Landry says when we interview him in the next hour. But the more you read, and we talked with Mr. Tom yesterday extensively about the Kentucky Derby, and one of the things we talked about was 
how it's supposed to rain today for the Oaks, but maybe be okay for the Derby on Saturday. And the more you're starting to see more like talk or speculation that it might be not great weather conditions for the Derby tomorrow, late afternoon, early evening, really, is when they're running. Um, so we'll see. I don't. Um, Who's a mutter? I don't know. Do you ever really know in that with that many horses on a track who's the best mutter horse? I don't know. Um, I got to tell you, from what everything I've listened to yesterday and prior to yesterday, simplification kind of makes sense to me. But again, with so many horses on a track, you never know how it's going to go. Um, and then if the weather is really worse than what some were speculating, that adds even more of an unknown aspect to it. So, hmm, it will certainly be interesting to see how the Derby plays out. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. We'll do that on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. We've talked a lot of uh, baseball so far today. Do want to mix in a little football, and but certainly if you would like to talk about any of the subjects going on in Major League Baseball, or Cajun Baseball, LSU, any of the things that we've discussed, we're going to be doing a little more high school baseball, uh, talking to Ascension Episcopal head baseball coach Lonnie Landry in the um, in the next segment. But then we'll take phone calls in this hour and um at the you know at the bottom of the hour starting at about 10 35 or so so if you would like to get in and talk about any of these subjects certainly feel free to do that again the game hotline is 706-0111 706-0111 i have fun with sports even though as i talked about about an hour ago obviously i take it i take my teams very seriously and and hate losing and hate doing stupid stuff and all that but one of the things I like to have fun with is nicknames, and and um, I gave a nickname the when he came up as a rookie, Yardon Alvarez, uh, Yardon Alvarez, El Perro Grande, the big dog. And one of the things I I do is I I say uh, I ask the question, and my daughter gets very aggravated with me every time he hits a home run. What do big dogs do? They hunt, and one of the things we found out last night. When they hit the ball five feet below the yellow line, we find out one thing that big dogs apparently don't do, and that's run to second base. <laughs> I had kind of a rough evening, so it was uh, – I didn't actually see it live, but I watched the replay of it, and um, he hit a ball that he thought was a home run to left center, 
it went, I don't know, four or five feet, whatever it was, right underneath the line, and he only made it to first base because he did a little too much admiring of it. And he's still a relatively young player. It's not a good thing to do. Run, Cat, run. Fortunately, Yuli got a walk on a 3-2 pitch on the next batter, and and that meant that it didn't matter. What, and in the end, it didn't matter. But still, that is a dangerous thing to do. And so uh, we found out the big dogs hunt, but they don't often run to second base when they hit balls five feet below the little yellow line. That's funny. But that goes into the whole discussion of the balls and they're not traveling because obviously he thought he hit it and he did he hit it well don't get me wrong but he, he it didn't um he didn't hit it as quite as far as he thought he was hitting it let's put it that way and man Jeremy Peña did it again last night crushed that ball by the little Phillips pump 429 or whatever it was wow I mean, he is, um, he's got pop in his bat. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, foot. How's go- it going? Good morning, sir. <laughs> yeah, another day. Another day in the jungle. <laughs> Absolutely. Get my wounds up. I know you, you're okay. Y'all got a little streak going on, but y'all not going to beat our streak. That's all I want you to know. Y'all ain't going to win oh, I don't, I don't want to win. I don't want to get too crazy here. Yeah, I'm just saying. I just want you to know that. But let me ask you a question. Steve, you know this. How what was the most innings ever played in a game, baseball game? Uh there was that famous game, minor league game where I think they went thirty one innings. Cause I pulled up twenty six innings. Brooklyn Robbins against the Boston Bravo back in May first, nineteen twenty. Twenty six innings. It was called Duke of Dark. <laughs> yeah, that that might be it. Uh, the game I'm remembering was in the early '80s, and it was a Triple A game. It was like Pawtucket. Oh, I, I, that was minor leagues. In the major leagues, um, that could be right. I'm not 100 percent on that, but that sounds probably about right. 26. So, so the Brooklyn Robins is that the Dodgers now? Uh yes, I'm pretty sure that's what they yeah. became. Yeah. Oh, they, oh, thank God they changed that name. That was the ugly name, the Robins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd have been be glad they'd have kept that ugly thing. Now, foot, we need to be fair to the callers about two things today. Earlier, you mentioned the Astros going to the, the World Series. You need to add in there how they got there. Cheating. When? You just can't say y'all went to the World Series. When did they cheat? Oh, uh, come on up, foot. We, we, we all know this. We saw it on live cheat. And it is the one is the top scandal besides the black stock. This oh, wants you to know no, that. So when you say no. y'all went to the World Series, always add how y'all yeah, got. Yeah, but you see, the problem is that they've been to the World Series three times in the last five years. So I, I think you might be confused. You might be no. You might be confusing no. one with the other. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm I not think, confused. I'm pretty sure you're confusing one with the other, no, you know, because they've no, been there no, no. quite a few times in the last five years. all of them. Y'all just got caught for winning one. That's yeah. it. Uh, uh-huh. The, the other thing you need to let the world know, now I sent you a text yesterday, which is a great one. We need to let the listeners and callers, especially Ms. Hannah, so she can be educated and she might find that application. In all the sports, who have the most championships in our minute? 
I don't know. Oh, you know, it's the Yankees. We have 28. <laughs> I'm counting 28 this year. Yeah, come but on, most no. of those don't count. Let, let, come on now. Let we, let's we get into this millennium, okay? No, no, no. Yeah. They all count. They all count. Let, 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 can... Let's just go back about, you know, 80 years and then, you know, what happened 120 years you, you ago, the, Tim. We, we don't count you those too them. much. You count the one you stole from us. <laughs> now, what I think y'all should do is be the bigger man and just – Forfeit and give your championship up to the rightfully owners. No, and I think it would all go away. And let's um, have a great, happy life. Let let let's see. Let's you know. Look, if y'all are still playing well in in October, then we'll <laughs> we'll we'll revisit this kind of trash talking. <laughs> we sure will. Well, yep. you have a good week. All right, take go care. Y- all right, take care. All right. Yesterday, it uh, someone tweeted it out, and I, I, who knows if it's true? The, the the Jarvis Landry thing. We we've been talking about Jarvis Landry for a while. I did not think the Saints would sign Tyron Matthew, but I thought they would sign a veteran safety. Hope and really thought that they would. Uh, and it turned out to be Matthew, so which I'm all I'm I'm good I'm great with. Um, I did not think you know after Christian Kirk signed his big contract and he started hearing all this talk about how Jarvis wants you know twenty million and who knows what's exactly what's true and not true, but it it, it does seem true that obviously wide receivers are are asking and thinking they're gonna get. That you know, mega money. I, 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 you know, obviously, you know, you can't get. They can't do anywhere near that uh, for Jarvis. And you know, I don't know that he plays enough games to make that worthwhile. But if they do, it's going to be interesting. Um, it it certainly will be interesting. I I'm not. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. I'm not ecstatic about Sony Michelle, but I am ecstatic about the idea of getting a veteran running back. And if he works out, then great. But uh, if they get a veteran running back and Superman can stay healthy and play as good as he did last year, which he played pretty well when he was healthy, and Abram Smith gives him anything, and they can have a healthy season, I'm gonna. This fat cat is gonna have some uh, a lot of smiles. Let's put it that way. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev. I was uh, interestingly enough. That's what I was calling about was to uh, see if you had uh, seen the um, the thing that they had reopened talks with uh, Jarvis Landry. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm gonna tell you what. If he if he would be willing to sign a veteran minimum contract with incentives, uh, man, I'd be all for that because you know how it goes with wide receivers and inevitably you're going to have an injury or two here or there, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, I think Olave look, looks like he has all the potential in the world, you know, but, but um, we haven't seen him take a snap yet. And, uh, you know, Callaway certainly was coming on good at the end of last year. Um, not a big Traquan Smith guy, but, um, but I still, I think of, I think he would certainly add to it for sure. Uh, I, I would not be opposed to that signing for, for the right price. But is it even 
I mean, obviously, I mean, I think all of us were like, yeah, if they can afford it. But I mean, is it even realistic that he would take any kind of a heavy discount to come play here? I don't know. You know, that that's only it. Only he can determine that. You know, I mean, uh, it, it just depends on. Again, I think a lot of times the, the one thing I'll give Mickey Loomis, uh, although sometimes I, I get a little aggravated with with the cap situation and always having to refinagle it, you know. But but he does have a way of of, of structuring contracts to where you know it it it, it, it is cap friendly at least on the front end. Um, so I, you know. I, I just don't know. I mean, I think he's at a point in his career. I mean, he's, I don't think he's he's going to demand a, a huge, huge contract. Um, no, look, you know, I, look. I say go for it. You bring Daryl Williams, Jarvis Landry. If they can fit all these guys, resign Quan. I'm I'm all for it. But again, I, I I'd rather Daryl Williams to to Sony Michelle. But maybe they're you know again, Sony Michelle's a veteran running back. So if they get him and it, it works out, that's fine. Uh, but they need one, and no, I, if they can oh. make – look, I think they're going to be really good as long as they're healthy, whether they sign Jarvis Landry or not. But, I mean, if they think they can make it work, I'm certainly all for it. Because the thing about him is he, he – I think he's got, you know, good leadership skills. He's willing to block. I mean, he, he, he fits the mold in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he he would be perfect uh, in this offense, and and uh, I'm just excited to see you know what Jameis can do with some some true weapons, you know, because for him to be really and everybody except saying, oh, he's only throwing for 180 yards a game. This and man, you got to realize what he was working with the first, you know, and and plus Casper had him, you know, or or I guess he's quitter now, whatever, but. Um, Really had him handcuffed with with as yeah, far as the play calling they went. were they were taking baby oh. steps. He was just about to start right. crawling. I mean, they were taking exactly. baby steps last year, exactly. and they needed to. And again, everybody forgets that we. Everyone talks about the dolphin game. The the the, the game two in Orneville was just as much a non NFL game as the Dolphins game was. It was a yeah. joke. That wasn't an NFL team they put on the field. They weren't even remotely prepared. And so, yeah, they they were just – you cannot judge anything that took place offensively last season. It boggles my mind that no one gets that. Oh, well, I, I definitely get it. So, as far as – you know, now, I would I would definitely love to see him re-sign Quantum. Very, I, I mean, I have not heard anything. I know he took that one visit to the Jets, um, but um, – I, I I don't know what the situation is there. I mean, I think we're okay at linebacker, you know, but I mean, he really he, he seemed to mesh really well with Demario Davis, and I I I, I love that that combo on the field. But, but but to me, right now, you know, veteran running back is definitely a need because you just what what's so frustrating to me, Kevin, is you, you know Camaro suspension's coming. Yeah. You, you, okay. But but. But tell me how much it's going to be, how many games, and when it's going to happen. Don't just leave this thing hanging and then arbitrarily, you know, then it's, oh, now it's going to be, you know, in week 12, you know, or week, you know, I can't, it's just mind-blowing that, and I know they got to wait for the, the trial and all this other stuff, I guess, uh, but, you know, you know Goodell's going to find a way to, to make it at the worst time for us to, to suspend him. But uh, but we need that, and we I still think we need a, a tight end that, that you know a veteran tight end that can catch the ball just in, in case Troutman. 
you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. That would be that one would surprise me. But uh, but 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 we'll see uh, how that plays out. Yeah. All right, I got to get to a break. Thank you, Ralph. Look, and I'm gonna give you a, a long shot, man. Uh, I don't know that he can. The rail's a horrible place to be, but I do like the one horse in the in the Derby. If you know, he's gonna have to come from behind. But boy, he can he can fly at the end. So if uh, you know, if if, if um, things work out, that's who I'm. I'm gonna lay a few uh, few dollars on. I, I, number I get one. it. I just don't like his name. I wish he had a better name. I, I, but but no, I don't think the one. Uh, everything I understand is not as bad as it used to be. It's just will speed matter if it if it's muddy at all is the question. So uh, it, it'll be an interesting race for sure. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. We'll take a timeout. Come back. We'll shift gears back to high school baseball. Talk to. Our old friend, Ascension Episcopal head baseball coach Lonnie Landry, next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 6, 1915. Future Baseball Hall of Fame slugger Babe Ruth hits his first Major League home run while also pitching 12 innings for the Boston Red Sox in a 4-3 extra innings loss to the New York Yankees. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 in Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we get to our special guest, want to remind you about Cajun Heartland State Fair. If you would like to win a family pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair, this is what you need to do. Text CHSF, the first letters of Cajun Heartland State Fair, Text CHSF to 68683, and you might win a family pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. Um, Coming to the Cajun Dome May the 26th through June the 5th. All right, we have with us Ascension Episcopal head baseball coach Lonnie Landry, whose Blue Gators will be playing a three-game series, I guess, starting tonight. Uh, That is scheduled, and then tomorrow against uh, Crawley at Miller Field against no- the Notre Dame Pios. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. Foot doing well. Well, uh, what's the update weather report? Is everything good to go tonight? Man, it's, it, everything's good. You know, Miller's Field is all turf field now, so they, uh, you know, it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be dry and it's going to get hot. Well, you know, these are two teams that uh, y'all have both won a whole lot of games in the last four or five years. And, uh, you know, it's a park that you can pitch in. You know, certainly I'm sure the turf makes it a little more offensive than it used to be. So do do you see low-scoring games in this matchup, or how do you look at it? Man, you know, I've I've been getting a lot of, you know, calls and asking how do I think our matchup is. I think we're we're pretty dang similar, you know, um, pitching, uh, defense, and offense. And you know, I, I 
if it's if I would be surprised if there's a lot of runs scored this weekend. So tell me about, you know, obviously y'all have a, a great record once again and, and y'all have developed one of the more consistent baseball programs in the in in the area. So tell me about how the season's gone for y'all as for, in terms of what it was looking like at the beginning and 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 how you kind of overcome the ebbs and flows of the season. Well, you, you know, going into the season that we had to we had to replace, you know, uh three seniors from last year and um we knew going in that we were going to be pretty deep on the on the pitching side. Um, so, you know, we spent a lot of time in the summer playing uh, as a team. You know, our kids don't play much travel ball. They play with us, and it benefits us. So coming in, we saw – we knew that we were going to pretty, be pretty deep on the mound. And after probably the first two weeks of the season, the lineup hasn't changed much. Uh, everyone's contributed from the from the – Lead off spot to the nine hole. Um, you know, we were four four of our losses this year were one run games, and it could have went either way. So it's it's been pretty consistent. You know, the, these guys, um, especially our senior group, they come in and they play pretty relaxed, and they they just have a fun playing the game. So if your lineup's the same, do you write it out every time, or do you just kind of get a Xerox machine, a copy machine, and just get to pull a different copy out? No, I think I'm, one, I'm. I think I'm still one of the old souls that I like to write it down. Uh huh. Uh, you know, and so I, I do write it uh, every day. <laughs> I like that pen to paper. Love it. All right. So, uh, tell me about uh, you know who have been some of those pitching stars as well as some of your your be, your best most productive offensive players. Well, on the on the pitching side, you know we have uh, Logan Overton who was committed to go play ball at LSU. He's going to be on the mound tonight. Uh, he 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 um, he's been really good for us. Um, we got a kid by the name of Joseph Rice that his dad took a job here from Alabama on the administrative side, and you know he just kind of fell into our lap. And you know he he's done a really good job on the mound, and he's hitting two hole for us. And another senior pitcher, Hayden Cormier, has done a really good job in relief. Um, as well as Peyton Woodring. Um, you know, you've heard his name from the football side, but he's been our DH all year, been pretty consistent, and has done a good job on the mound. And we've gotten, you know, our center fielder, Blaze Blanchard, who's our 5 hole hitter, he's, he's done a good job on the mound for us as well. So it is um... – is this a ballpark? I haven't actually covered it. Last time I covered a game, they had not turfed it yet. But the outfield was huge. So was this a game where you can get some doubles and triples, or is it a little different now? I, I think I think they brought center field in some, and I you know I hadn't been there in a while either. So if I, but I I do know that they brought in center field. Uh, you know, it's probably still the same in the gaps, but I would imagine it's a hitter's ballpark. Or a pitcher's ballpark, for the matter. The hitters being it's going to play fast and balls are going to get through. But uh, from the pitching side of it, you know, it's going to probably take a lot to, to get one out of there. You know, obviously Notre Dame, you know, they they kind of riding pitching too. And, and um, you know, they do uh, a great job. They've been consistent for a long time. So is, it, is this going to be just about – is is small ball execution going to be the key for y'all winning, or or how do you see what's the key there? 
Well, you know, the last two weeks we we won some really good games against some good teams, and it, it's come down to you know whether it's been you know hitting. I know the hitting runs or the uh, getting guys over, getting them in, and you know just the, the fundamentals of baseball, like not trying to be too fancy, just. When when the game presents itself, if the if the defense is playing back and is on that third, you, you know you need a ground ball to get that guy in. Because at this point of the year, every run is is precious. I think. All so right. I think, you know, I Go think ahead. just doing those fundamental things that that we work on from January to this point uh, is the difference in a ball game. All right. So I know you're focused right now in your season and and in high school baseball, but you're also a fan of the major leagues and follow college baseball. I mean, you're just a baseball guy. So I kind of ran out of time to talk to. Um, I was talking to Coach Willis from LSU, but he and he he talked about a guy who they might be facing who's throwing, you know, in the upper nineties and all. It, have you come up with a theory like? Why are there so many more guys? It seems even at all, even at the lower, you know, high school and why are there so many more guys throwing between ninety six and a hundred now than at any time in our lives? Like, what is that? Just some sort of combination of strength training and nutrition? I mean, wh- why so many now? You think? I, I I think I think that's exactly what it is. I think the uh, the strength training and I think nutrition plays a part. And, you know, I, I would say, and I'm not too doubting with the, the science of, of the body, but I would think that, you know, with the technology, um, it has to be, it has something to do with it, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think everybody sees, you know, last night I watched the Tennessee-Kentucky game, and that guy's throwing it 102 miles per hour, and... You hear, you see all the numbers about guys that throwing so hard, but the, I think the one, the one stat that that the media don't really cover that much is the injuries probably have gone up as well. Because I sometimes I think that I don't think that the body can sustain that much. I guess force generated to throw a baseball that hard. I think it, you're going to break down sooner or later. Man, it's just it's just incredible. I mean, again, I can I mean. You know, it used to be a big deal to have a relief pitcher to come in, throw 97, 98, 99. Like, every team has multiple of those guys now. The, the one thing that the one thing that that I, I get tired of hearing is velocity, 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 because you can get guys that throw, you know, throw it through the back of the wall, but they can't pitch. And, you know, last night, the game that I was watching, I think it was Todd Walker, he was mentioning that as, as – um, um, Maddox got older. He wanted to, to to throw it softer to put the ball in play. Right. So I I think that I think I think pitching wise, I think the lost art is kids are, are forgetting how to pitch because um, the Twitter world and and all the other organizations out there they just want to show how hard somebody's throwing. And I'll take you know. I, I'll take a guy throwing 80, 81 that can pitch over a guy that's mid-90s that's just throwing. Now the guy, I think there's a big difference between a pitcher <laughs> and a thrower. Right. Now, the guy from Tennessee, I, I've heard about him and read about him, but I haven't actually watched him pitch. Like, how does he look to you? It, it looks effortless. Uh, you know, I watched him last night, and, um, you know, he ended up actually getting pulled in the, in the, in the middle of an inning because, you know, he started to lose his control. 
So um, it's effortless, but I wonder how long that guy's arm's going to last once he gets drafted and, you know, they start tinkering with his delivery. And it happens with a lot of guys that they draft them because they, they, they're doing something good. But as soon as they get the pro ball, they want to change their delivery. And, you know, and I don't know if it's not, if it's not broken, leave it alone. All right, so one more question. I know you've not coached any players that look like Jordan Alvarez. and I don't know if you saw it last night. He hit a ball in the bottom of the ninth tie game. He thought he hit a walk-off homer, and the ball went a few feet below the line. And he watched it so long, he only got to first base. So what would Lonnie Landry tell El Perro Grande if he was on his team and only got to first base? <laughs> well, Probably you probably can't tell him much because he's making so much money, more money than you. <laughs> but you could tell he knew he really messed up. But fortunately, it did. They ended up winning the game anyway. But yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of high school coaches they always tell their kids, "Ball's hit the air." You know, try to get the second base yeah. in case something like that happens. Uh, but you know, guys get a brain freeze every now and again, and. I mean, it happens. It happens at every level. So, All righty, sir. Well, I always enjoy catching up with you. Uh, It should be a great series this weekend between the Blue Gators and the Pios and Crowley. So um, uh, enjoy it. I appreciate your time. Good luck to you all. Thank you so much, Fred. All right. Lonnie Landry, Ascension Episcopal head baseball coach. Love, love, love. Talking baseball with him, listening to him talk to baseball, watching Astros in the World Series games with him, which we've done many times over the years. Uh, always enjoy watching and talking baseball with Lonnie Landry. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Open up the phone lines again if you have any thoughts of it, whether it was the Saints that we were talking about with Ralph before or baseball or throwing hard, any of these Things going on heading into this weekend or the Kentucky Derby, which is high on a lot of people's minds as well. We have an um, opportunity to get some calls in next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you the game hotline is 706 0111 if you would like to get in. 706 0111. Also, want to remind you about Downtown Rising VIP passes if you would like to win a pair of VIP passes plus a chance to meet the Cold War kids. Simply register. The Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Today you might win VIP passes for Downtown Rising featuring Cold War Kids on Saturday, June the 4th. 
The ultimate downtown rising VIP experience is presented by Social Entertainment, Raider Solutions, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Again, the game hotline 706-0111. Before we talk to Lonnie, Ralph mentioned the tight end situation. Um, my gut feeling is that, and and of late, it's starting to look like the way I'm thinking about things and the way the Saints are thinking about things are are fairly similar, uh, which I think is a great thing. But on a lot of for a lot of reasons, but I I, I could be wrong, but I I kind of think that the Saints still have more hope for Troutman, and I do as well. Um than most fans do. Now, again, if it doesn't happen this year, then it's very possible that most of the fans are going to end up being correct about that. That is um, certainly possible. But I I think the combination of whatever they're going to do with Batman and – Troutman and Vanette, I, I just think that they don't look at tight end as much of as a huge hole as most fans do. I think they it's not that you can eliminate everything that happened last season, but again, to overly judge someone on the offensive side of the football with what they were dealing with last year, I, I just it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I just think it's it's short sighted thinking in my opinion, and I I think the Saints are thinking that as well. Because look, in the second round, McBride, a lot of people were high on him, and they passed on him. He could they could have picked him, the tight end from Colorado State, and they didn't do it. And that again, that was one of many signs that tells me I think they still have a little bit more hope for Troutman than than most fans do. So we'll see how that plays out long-term. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. All right. Hey, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Yellow. Go ahead, sir. Hey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's it going? Good, good. Good. Listen, I was uh, uh, wanting to make a few comments about uh, kids throwing the ball over 90. Uh, ben McDonald made a comment a few years ago about uh, trying to save kids' arms, you know, and uh, not having them play ball year-round and, and trying to get them involved in, in other sports and such. And I, I think that that – has come a long ways, possibly with a few people. The other thing is uh, the pitch count now that they have in the younger leagues, and also in uh, you know in high school. I think that's going to save a lot of arms. I think that's going to uh, give kids an opportunity to reach their full potential. So, are you seeing though that on? Are you seeing more kids throw harder than you remember ten and twenty years ago, even at the high school level? Yes, no doubt, no doubt about it to me. And there's no, you know, naturally, I think with, uh, you know, with with the uh, I said nutrition and the weight lifting and such has come a long ways. But 
I, I think they had, they had reached a point at one time where everybody was throwing their arms out, and now they're starting to save them more, you know? Well, I, I that that that, that would be yeah that that would be a very positive reason I I would think for this happening that would, I think that'd be that'd be great and again I don't know that I don't think it's negative it's just the more I watch I'm like man I just never seen this many guys thrown in the upper nineties it it's it's crazy uh, and it just continues to happen so if that's a major reason for it I'm all for it that sounds great yeah and that's at every level you know that's at every level you know. That we see in that, you know, in college and pros, it's just uh, it's beyond me, you know. No, it's 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 uh, it is it's 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 something that I've been noticing for years, and it just seems to keep going, and uh, it, it's making an impact, no question. I appreciate that. That's an interesting thought. Thank you, sir. All right, good talking to All you, right. Kevin. By the way, I'm from Craig Manuel from Kaplan. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh man. Craig Manuel from Kaplan. That's a that's a that sounds like a football thing to me, but um, certainly lots of baseball. And you know what? When I first met Manny, it was at a baseball field in Kaplan. <laughs> so I can I can I can I can relate with uh, baseball fields and, uh, and 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 Kaplan. Again, the game hotline seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. Now to Lonnie's point. It's not all about velocity, and, and I, you know, I certainly get Lonnie's point on that. And there are a lot of guys who, you know, all they can do, like, you know, Stanek came in, and I commented on this the other night. He he came in, and I don't know that he has a real good feel of a split finger yet this season because every time he throws it, or almost every time, it seems like I've seen him throw it this year, it's not moving very much. And he's given up. He's gotten hit hard a couple times because of that. And then, but a lot of times he just rears back and throws 100 and 101. And, um, you know, as long as you can throw strikes, like last night, the you know the Astros, not all of them were throwing a hundred and one or anything, but you know they kept falling behind in the count three zero. You can, you you know you're gonna get in trouble doing that. And um, so you know again to to Lonnie's point, velocity is great, but you do need to know how to pitch. I mean, um, you know Verlander is not throwing. 101 or anything but even he lives and dies with a with a fastball for the most part I mean that you know his fastball is by far his most effective pitch and 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 he can certainly get people out with sliders as well but he knows how to pitch I mean again he's not just raring back and throwing to Lonnie's point he, he's he's he certainly knows how to pitch you know the guy Astros had the reliever that I called ball four James and he Throws really hard, but he's never really learned how to pitch, at least not yet. You know, he's still injured. He's still young enough to maybe be able to get it. But as of now, I don't know he's ever going to get it. Um, He's young enough, but, um, you know, he's had some injuries and he hasn't pitched that much the last couple years. So it's going to be, um, hmm, well, well, you know, wait and see. Of course, the Astros have done a good job in that particular instance of of, of handling that uh, well, 
and um, and getting other guys to fortify their bullpen. Speaking of bullpens, man, look, the all losses losses aren't fun. It's not fun to lose, but when you lose a game like the Phillies lost last night, six in the ninth. Six-run lead in the ninth, and you lose. Actually, got seven. But it is sickening. I mean, it's just... Now, when you win it, anything close to that, it is... It it, You know, you get a few base runners when you're down by that many runs, and, and you just... You know, your whole goal is just get me the tying run to the plate. I mean, when you're down by that many in the last inning, that that's what you're – at least that's what mom meant out. Just get me the tying run to the plate. And I, and as an inning like that starts to unfold, you're like, I'm well, what I'm thinking is I got to have a few walks. There's no way I'm going to get that many base hits. I got to get some walks or an error or a hit batsman, at least one or two. I mean, you got to – and if you can get two or three walks, that's even better. Um. And, and then you, and then if you can get a big hit, and then at some point in that inning, the pitching team, which went in thinking, man, this is going to be easy, you start to panic a little bit. Or if you're the fan of the team that's pitching, you're like, oh, I don't like the way this is going. And I, and I didn't see. I just saw that it happened. I didn't. I wasn't actually watching it um, live last night, or like on MLB Network or anything. But man. That is just, you want to talk about crippling. That is a huge punch in the gut, man. Uh, you know, it was bad enough last night giving up a, a game-tying two-run home or much less giving up seven in an inning. Wow. All right, let's go um, before we get to the next break. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Foot. How, how you doing, Mark? Howdy, sir. Uh, I, uh, I just wanted to uh, real quick um, – Give a shout out to Coach Jeremy Trojo and the whole North Million Patriots baseball team, and wish them good luck uh, this weekend with their. Uh, I think it's the quarterfinals or something. It is, yes. But uh, I know Coach Jeremy very well and uh, his fiance. And uh, if you can kind of, uh, I haven't really been following. Uh, I think they play rain or whatever. But do you think that's a pretty good matchup? Is gonna is it gonna be an interesting game and? Uh, I want to wish all the moms out there a happy Mother's Day. So, uh, but that's all I had to say, buddy. All right, thank you for the call. Hope you got a chance to. All uh, right, thank uh, you. All right, thanks. I hope you got a chance, Martin. I hope you got a chance to hear Jeremy. He, we had him on on the show yesterday, but no, um, you know, Rain won a, a really tight went three in the eight nine game to earn the right to be able to play one seed, defending champion North Vermillion and. Um, from what Jeremy was saying yesterday, Rain did beat him once uh, in last year and competed with him this year in one of the two games. So, again, it's um, last year in the second round, Karen Crow almost beat Narfamine. Narfamine ended up winning the state championship. So you just never know how that's going to go. But, yeah, on paper, Narfamine, no question, is the, is the favorite to win. And uh, that game uh, gets underway. They played it one game, one tonight, and then, scheduled two games tomorrow uh, at North Vermillion. One of a lot of very interesting quarterfinal series involving the Katie area. 
teams. All right, that'll do it for this segment. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show, and lead us into a big sports weekend highlighted by the Kentucky Derby. We'll do that next on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. I want to remind you, if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, uh, here's what you need to do. You need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Join the game clubhouse. That puts you in position to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. So sign up for the Game Clubhouse today. All right. I was looking for some guidance in the break. Uh, A few names to maybe consider of horses in the Derby if you continue to hear that the weather, the track conditions will be sloppier than most expected, you know, a couple days ago. All week long, we've been hearing about heavy rain, and it's going to impact the Oaks today on Friday. But tomorrow, it was supposed to be good. And maybe it will. We'll see how that works. But if the track conditions get worse, some of the horses that I've, you know, again, they're all, everyone's guessing. It's like any predictions that that you make. There's a lot of guessing. But Epicenter, one of the huge uh, favorites to win, and a lot of people around here because of, the, you know, Louisiana Derby, a lot of people are picking it. Um, you know, the, some of the experts that I looked up said they didn't think Epicenter would be negatively affected. And a horse also that Mr. Tom has been mentioning pretty consistently through this whole last five weeks or so is Barber Road. And that Barber Road is one of the horses that if the tr- con- conditions are truly sloppy tomorrow, it's really tomorrow night because they're racing at about 6 o'clock uh, our time, 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, Barber Road could keep, could be a horse to um, l- maybe put a little higher than you might w- were originally going to do if the slack, if the track is sloppy. So, just a couple of thoughts to throw out there. I, I think I'm going to say simplification. In my very nod, just listening to everything I've heard, um, and uh, Mr. Tom went with the Japanese horse. So we'll see how that all plays out. It'll be uh, fun to see how the Kentucky Derby plays out. We've been talking quite about a lot about it over the last five weeks or so. All right, I appreciate all the phone calls. Appreciate Lonnie coming on and Craig and Jeff Willis. Y'all have a nice and safe Mother's Day weekend.